This is the FCB Podcast Network. Well, hello, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Welcome back to a very merry podcast where it's always Christmas time and we're always living the dream in Christmas land. And as always, I am here with my very merry co-host, Amelia Hamilton. Amelia, hello. How are you feeling this fine day? I'm doing well. It's a beautiful, sunny day here in Virginia and it's a good day. How are things in California? It's a beautiful sunny day here too as well. As you know, it's been raining nonstop for a few weeks, so we're finally drying out. Well, it's nice. Yeah. I, I You could film a Christmas Land movie here right now. It's like the trees are kind of bare um, because our winter is more like fall. Uh, but And it's like chilly enough to where your actors won't be sweating their butts off if you <laughs> want to pretend that they're in winter coats. So it's, a, it's actually like a nice... A nice day here. Yeah. So we changed up the schedule a little bit due to uh, just some constraints on my part. Uh, And uh, and so Amelia has been flexible with the schedule. So some of you may have expected we were doing one movie, but this week we've decided to to do uh, The Winter Palace starring one of our favorites, Danica McKellar and Neil Mm -hmm. Bledsoe, uh, who is unfortunately departed now from Great American channel he didn't last there very long but he's left us with some great memories and i think this is another stellar performance from neil blood so let's get into it amelia this week's movie a winter Winter palace Palace. wait i'm sorry is it just winter palace or is it the winter palace or a winter palace it's just winter palace that's a good question I just wrote down Winter Palace, but okay, maybe it's just Winter. The Palace. Winter Palace. The Winter Palace. Okay, because as 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 you go along, when you start searching these movies on your DVR or like on on the internet, um, there's like a million of the same kind of movies. So where the yeah. the is or a is can be very yeah. important. It certainly can. Um, so Kira and I sort of decided on this movie for a couple of reasons. It has been probably a month since we've done a movie starring Danica McKellar yeah. and we love them. We miss them. And then it's been what, two episodes or the one episode yes, one. Since, um, since we did a movie about someone with writer's block going away and meeting a prince. So we figured <laughs> here's a movie about a woman with writer's block meeting a prince starring Danica McKellar and Neil Bledsoe. It's everything you could want in a movie. No, we really couldn't have picked like a better <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> a better strategic. Uh, no, but we never say no to like a good prince, mm-hmm. you know, uh, romp in Christmas land. And, uh, and we, we really love Danica. So, and she's like kind of the, yeah. for lack of a better term, she's kind of the queen of the prince mm-hmm. romances in Christmas land. <laughs> so, all right. Winter palace. Mm-hmm. It, we begin in Boulder and we get this beautiful shot of the mountains and then we get a shot of the town, but the street names are all blocked out. I don't know if you noticed that. It no, I didn't notice. It was, just, it was just these street signs that were totally green. That's awesome. <laughs> they don't want you to know where Danica is and we respect her privacy. We understand. Because she's probably somewhere in British Columbia, but. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Danica McKellar plays Emily. And she is sitting in a coffee shop with her black BFF, Becca. Um, Woohoo, black BFF. Black BFF, check. 
we need to get like a little bell or something. We can be like Black BFF, ding. That's actually a good idea. I'll, I'll get on that. <laughs> a, uh, a trope bell. So <laughs> Emily is upset because her neighbors are doing construction and she has a book due and she can't concentrate. Oh, she doesn't know what she's going to do. So she's walking down the street and um, notices that her book, Romance in the Rockies, which was her first book, is they're taking it out of the front window of the bookstore and it has been in the in the window for 10 months. So she had a great run. She had but- a she had a record for 10 months. I yeah. now, first of all, bookstores, period. You know, that right. that's that is something that you don't see too often these days. Um, although it started they're starting to make a little comeback. Yeah. I I do yeah. appreciate that. But uh as writers ourselves, Amelia. <laughs> To yeah. have to be in a in the front window of a busy like an urban bookstore, not yeah. just in the front window, but to have a a life size cutout of yourself next to the books, as if anybody really cares who the author is and what right. they look like, yeah. uh, that is more than a good run. That is right. a record run. J.K. Rowling didn't even get that for Harry Potter. No. <laughs> we didn't have a picture of her in the window. But, you know, good, good for Emily. Good for Emily. Good for her. Um, so her publisher, who is a black boss, um, <laughs> gives her a call. And he wants an update, but she has almost nothing. He wants an update on her new book. And he's like, listen, if we don't get three chapters by the end of the month, this book is going to be canceled and you'll be in breach of contract, which is much more realistic than Prince in Paradise, where he was like, you don't owe anything to anybody. No, right. you'll actually be in breach of contract. You do owe him three chapters. Yes. <laughs> and Did in the grand him? tradition of of publishers in Christmas land, they are just sitting at a desk making phone <laughs> calls from, from their office, certainly not working from home like everybody else in the world. No. Mm-mm. So she is telling Becca about this at the coffee shop and saying that um, there, she has months overdue on this book and they've already spent budget promoting for a book that doesn't exist. She doesn't know what she's going to do. She's kind of going through some personal doldrums. She broke up with Michael almost a year ago, but she's still just kind of in a funk. So Becca has an idea. She just got a brand new job as a property manager. So first of all, Good for you, Becca, having something that doesn't involve Emily. Yes. Uh, oh, I'm glad you brought this up because when I was watching this, this was one of the things I thought about this movie. I'm like, this might be the most um, like mutually beneficial BFF relationship I have yeah. seen in the Christmas universe. Like Danica, Emily, really genuinely seemed to care about her friend. Even at one point, she's like, I want to hear all about your new job. Like, oh, the friend has a job and the life and she's interested in it and wants to help of all yeah. things. Yeah, I, I did notice that. Yes. So Becca is ta- is telling Emily that one of their properties currently needs a caretaker. It is this big chalet in the mountains for a wealthy European family that never actually visits. And sh- the way she puts it is, we need someone to knock off the icicles, run the taps so the pipes don't freeze, just hang out up there. The person they had fell through. So she's like, okay, I'm in. I'll go hang out at the the Winter Palace. Yeah. uh, So we have a mutual friend, Stacia, who is a property manager Mm -hmm. in Los Angeles. Also, if you love food and you love parties, go check out her Instagram, Soiree by Stacia. She always has Mm -hmm. cool little stuff. She tells you what to do with your leftovers to make your, your... 
everything feel fancy and fun. She's amazing. Go check it out. Soiree by Stacia. Yeah, lots of cool cocktails. Anyways, she's also a property manager. And um, I... I've never once been invited to help her out on one of her properties, <laughs> a, a ski chalet up in the mountains. I mean, maybe she could offer me, like, if she needed my help, she could be like, can you guard this, like, parking garage that's being invaded by <laughs> by right. open air drug markets or something? But, yeah, never, I've never been invited to any kind of and we take that personally Stacia we want you to know I know never once I don't know and I don't know if if there are those properties in the greater Los Angeles area (laughs) anymore but you know I'm gonna have a conversation with her she's falling down on the job here yeah she should she is yeah um when Emily arrives she opens up this envelope and there's like a super fancy old-fashioned key and a letter from Becca and so she calls Becca saying she loves the place um you know she's so excited to be here and she starts to get to work she's going to write her book with a pen she's got her pen and her paper but she still has writer's block and it, you know she's in all these different rooms all these different situations trying to write and it's just not happening um so we find where she like finds an old photo album she just starts like looking at stuff in the house hanging out so in the morning um she comes awake in bed because she hears somebody trying to get into the house mm-hmm. and she grabs this weapon that I couldn't quite tell what it was. It looked like a walking stick with like a duck head, except it was only like two feet tall. Yeah. I don't know what it was. I don't know what it was. I thought it was some kind of ladle, but then I was like, why was, (laughs) what is the ladle doing by the bed? Instead of a duck head? Right. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, It was, it was completely inappropriate for protecting yourself against a a hardened Um, criminal, but. I don't use it for home protection, but I have a ladle that when you stick it in, a pot it looks like the Loch Ness Monster is coming out oh my gosh of course you do (laughs) of course you do I don't use it for home protection but it's (laughs) it's it's not a duck so maybe that's not relevant that is hilarious do you know what when I became when I finally um decided to uh, become a gun owner for home defense um I was living in the hood with my husband and he had to go away for a, a number of months and I was left there with the kids and one night I thought I heard someone breaking into the house downstairs and I lived in a pretty big house and I had two babies basically and I didn't know what to do because I had nothing and there wasn't even like a baseball bat upstairs or anything and I didn't want to and it was prior to where you always had your cell phone with you I think at that time you know my cell phone was like downstairs and um so (laughs) my I had to go check it out so I grabbed a bottle of Windex. I was like, you know what? I'm going to put it on the hard spray, you know? And then if it's like a real criminal. Yes. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, I, you, you got yeah. it. That's when I was like, you know what? I'm completely defenseless here. Maybe I need <laughs> to think about like, um, and it as it turned out, it was the dogs. I had had the dogs outside that evening oh. in a little dog house and they were scratching at the doors to, to get in. They had actually broken through the door to get in. <laughs> <laughs> they were bad doggos. Um, they were ready to protect you. Anyways, moving on. Well, let me ask you this. Mm. Did you go to the door like Emily and say, who goes there? <laughs> no, no. I okay. may, I, I, I crept down the stairs as quietly as possible to see if I could uh, see any shadows moving or no. I certainly didn't call out to the my <laughs> potential murderer. No. Here we go. Um, 
All right. So she she goes to the door and she is um she pretends that she like yells like, Oh, go back to bed, you guys. Yeah. And then she's like, Sorry, my brothers are all army rangers. Yeah, I thought that was really cute. <laughs> she's like being, of army rangers. Being, being army rangers makes you really tired. <laughs> They're all asleep. Um so it's Neil Bledsoe, though. And at first I thought maybe he's speaking with an accent. At first I thought his accent was a little off. But then he explained that he's from Concordia. And I just didn't recognize it as a Concordian accent. So I, that's on me. No, yeah, that's on you. A lot of people don't. A lot of people don't because the Concordian accent really has a, a, a lot of different roots. And so it can mm -hmm. feel a little confused to people who aren't uh, familiar with that um, right. you know, region of europe that makes sense that it's understandable sense. I, amelia yeah. your ignorance on the concord concordian um accent is is understandable okay forgivable this one time yeah. maybe um he explains that he is henry and this is his house um so he comes in and is like make me some tea and she's sort of like <laughs> um excuse me i'm not your servant what's happening here and not only that but he's also brought two other servants uh miss tilson and fritz and we don't really know what the deal is with them yet but that's who he has but and I thought this was interesting though. Like right up front, they're like, "Okay, your highness, blah blah blah." So she knows right now he is the right. crown prince of Cordinia. There's no secret prince. It is right. overt insulinus in this movie. Yes. Um. So she's like, "All right, well, whatever. It's time to get to work." Um. What is the Wi-Fi password? Which I don't know what she's been doing. Oh, I guess maybe that's why she's been writing with a pen. No, because she could still use. No, she, she. You know what? And I appreciate that you don't need the Wi-Fi because you shouldn't be you know, worrying about the distractions that come with having internet access if you're, you know, so That's true. I buy but it. She does need it now. She and does, the Wi-Fi password is off with their heads. All one word. <laughs> he's so cute. He's so, he, he's just very irreverent as a prince. Yeah. So they're all sitting there in front of the fireplace and she's like Googling him. She can't believe that he is really Prince Henry, Crown Prince of Concordia, but he is, he totally is. Um, he looks up the coat of arms above the fireplace and she's got her wet socks hanging from it, drying mm -hmm. over the fire, which wasn't, it's not a full, like American who's never been outside of her house before, but it's pretty bad. It's what, yeah, that's a trope that you really, that it really annoys you. <laughs> it's the ignorant <laughs> Americans who, <laughs> but also I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they are absolute lunatics and have never seen anything, mm -hmm. you know. And of course but, she's all doing all this. She's, she's still in her pajamas. She is. She is. Oh, my goodness. So uh, Henry is talking to his dad, King William, explaining that he will be home in a week. And he says he'll be home after my task is complete. So we're left wondering, mm. what is this mysterious task? Mm -hmm. We don't know. Um, let's see. We find out that Fritz. Oh, he's going to be. I'm sorry. We find out first that Henry is actually the thing that's happening next week that he has to come home for is his own coronation. He's yes. about to be king. Yes. Um, and as you may not know this because you're, as you've demonstrated at the beginning of this podcast, Amelia, your knowledge of um, Concordian uh, royal tradition is really limited, but um, the the transfer of power in the royal family in Concordia is very, very important. Concordia must have a king. And the king mm -hmm. plays an important role, even though Concordia does have its own government. The, ki the king is is the foreign relations minister, for lack mm -hmm. of a better, which I actually think is a pretty cool arrangement. Like, you're actually mm -hmm. making your royalty work for you. So anyway, mm -hmm. this is a big deal, Amelia, is what I'm saying. Transfer of power from one king to the next. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a big deal. And Henry, you know, he's going to do his duty. Right. That's a, um, that's Concordian duty. Yeah. Emily decides to get to know the um, servants a little bit better. We find out that Fritz is a bodyguard slash valet and Tilson is his chief of staff. So Emily tells them, listen, now that he's here, I don't need to be here. You ever, you know, the house is taken care of. So I'm just going to pack and get out of here. And they were like, um, it usually takes 12 members of staff to meet Henry's needs, but only two of us were available right now. So you need to stay and work for him, which, I mean, that's a red flag in a man. Uh, yeah. And then when she says, no, I'm just a caretaker, they remind yeah. her of the property management contract mm -hmm. that apparently was a literal slavery contract. <laughs> yeah. It's like you have to stay and work for the human, if for the owners, if they come home. Yeah, you you are basically their indentured servant if they come while you're there, and you have to provide all of their needs for them. Yeah. Which Becca, she talks to her for Becca. Becca's like, oh, I guess I didn't read the fine print. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Becca, that's some serious fine print to leave yeah. out. And, and Becca's like, listen, I know that's pretty messed up. So if you need to, if you want to just pack up and go. You should do that. And I will figure it out on this end. I just, I'll take whatever the consequences are. But Emily realizes that Becca is not the one dimensional best friend from every other Christmas land movie. That's right. And she, doesn't want, she doesn't want her to get in trouble. So she's like, I will just, I'm going to stick it out. It's just like a few days. I, I'm going to stick it out. I really, and, I, that would like, I noticed that, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it stood out to me. I was like, look, yeah. our protagonist is doing something for the black best friend. And yeah. in it, it, it was like, I care about you and I don't want you to get in trouble. So I'm actually going to do this service for you. I was like, okay, like Emily's a real homie. Yeah. Yeah, she is. Um, so as, after she hangs up the phone with Becca, she turns around, she hears this noise, she turns around, they have a trumpet playing while they raise the flag. <laughs> I, I genuinely <laughs> laughed at that part. I did too. I did too. Um, Henry is trying out a speech inside. And he's saying, like, this is going to benefit both of our nations. And I, I understand, again, that I am not familiar, super familiar with Concordian um, grammar, perhaps, because mm -hmm. maybe each and both do not have different meanings from each other in Concordia, because I think he means each of our nations, not both. But again, that's just my lack of understanding. Yeah, I think um, that's a really a, a very American point of view. Yeah, really, yeah. it is. It's true. Yeah. Um, so they are trying to make a contract with their neighboring country of Arcadia. And <laughs> right. Right. And they're trying and so he's but he's Actually. having trouble he's having trouble like getting an emotional connection into the speech. And as we learned from Prince in Paradise, having a writer nearby to write your speech is yeah. super helpful. So she gives him a little bit of help. Yep. She gives <laughs> him some flourish. Some, yeah, she gives him, yeah, some little a little something something to make his speech connect a little better. And when he leaves, Tilson is like, excuse me, but no. This man has a very rent regimented schedule. You cannot offer your opinions to him. Mm -hmm. And he also needs to get the certain random London newspaper every morning. You need to cook him breakfast. He needs a fire lit and he's going to need his tea at these exact times of day. <laughs> this is where I was like, I would have checked out. I would have been like, sorry, Becca. Yeah. Sorry, Becca. This is a First lot. Of all, Becca works with some kind of weird, like indentured servitude ring. Yes. <laughs> so it's probably like a human trap. <laughs> 
It's a human trafficking operation fronting as a property management <laughs> business. This is my station of risks for our help. Yeah. I was like, damn, okay. They she they have they're basically asking her to do everything. And you know, look at her. She didn't even know that she shouldn't put the socks on the coat of arms. How's she gonna make a good cup of tea? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Um Henry is on a video chat with his family. He's like extremely connected. We, have, we get the idea. He's not only a prince, but he is a busy businessman because he is yes. on video from his home all the time taking care of business. These days, it seems like everybody's talking, but no one is actually listening to the things they're saying. Critical thinking isn't dead, but it's definitely low on oxygen. Join me, Kira Davis, on Just Listen to Yourself every week as we reason through issues big and small, critique our own ideas, and learn to draw our talking points all the way out to their logical conclusions. Subscribe to Just Listen to Yourself with Kira Davis, an FCB radio podcast on Apple, on Spotify, iHeart, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, after his call, he does explain that this is, or not, sorry, not during the call, he explains that this is the his uncle's old chalet and he has to sell it before taking the crown because you're not, as, as the reigning monarch of Concordia, you are not allowed to own foreign property. So Emily comes in and brings him his breakfast, which is a gray eggs. Yeah. And she has, there's nowhere in this, you know, they're in the middle of nowhere. There's like one, I think she said there's like one gas station with a little mini mart and that's it. She's like, they're not going to have this London newspaper he needs. And Tilson's like, figure it out lady. Mm -hmm. So she has printed out every section and taped them together yeah. to give him a newspaper. Um, the good news is that this major London publication, this internationally renowned source of information is only one fold you know it's a front yeah. and a back and a front and a back so it would didn't take a lot of ink good for her mm -hmm. but the bad news is is that the cyan is definitely out yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, and you can't print black and white if the cyan nope <laughs> <laughs> you are screwed now <laughs> yeah i don't know yeah i i would not trust my printer to anything no if, uh, if i was like if he's gonna cut my head off if he doesn't get his newspaper yeah. I'm not my yeah. Um, uh, so she ends up accidentally, the king says, okay, well, before we hang up, I just have to share this really crucial info for you. And at that exact moment, Emily accidentally unplugs the computer. Oh, Boy. What adult. What a mess. What a mess. Oh, man. <sighs> Later that day, she is trying to write and Henry is fencing. And she goes downstairs and asks if they can make this a short event and if it can be quieter um emily i know that you're in a really horrible situation here but it is his house <laughs> i yeah i was like okay girl um i get that but like yeah he is in his own house and they're yeah. they're fencing again another one of those things where she's like a, a dumb american like what is this oh what's all this noise it sounds like pirates down here oh, like yeah. as if she'd never joke. seen fencing in her life never heard of fencing yeah. yeah didn't know it existed terrible um and of course you may not know this amelia but fencing is the national sport of concordia i didn't know it but i learned i learned a lot this was an educational movie yeah um 
she goes, Emily goes into the sort of living area and looks in the fireplace and Fritz has just thrown her whole idea book into it. He thought it was, thought it was like scrap paper and threw it in there. It was clearly a notebook. It was clearly a notebook. Like, did he not look inside it just to check to be like, what, what's in here? Maybe this is the password book. You know, right. <laughs> you know, the Terrible. one book that your grandparents have, like in their desk drawer mm-hmm. with all the passwords yeah. in it. Maybe it's the bank account number. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, you should have a book with all your bank, with all your stuff in it. It's called <laughs> an If I Go Missing file. I listen mm-hmm. to enough true crime pro- podcasts to know this. <laughs> you should have a, a, a small hard copy, a piece of paper that a few trusted people know that have some of your key passwords on it. Because one of the issues that law enforcement has with finding people who go missing faster is that they have to wait for subpoenas to get into your text messages and your emails. And so they can shave off days sometimes by being able to get right into those things. So there is your public service announcement. You think if the police looked at our text messages, they would laugh at our memes or would they be like, what was wrong with these people? I, I, they, they would be like, I don't think we need to waste any resources fine looking for either of these people. They clearly are not contributing much to society. Excuse me, our memes are top-notch, officer. <laughs> um, all right. So her book, her idea book is burning. She's freaking out. But Henry rescues the book. Great. I mean, it's pretty much still destroyed, but at least I guess he did something. Um, he gets some soot on his face and it's sort of like the flower on the face. It's like an homage, except she doesn't do anything about it. She just laughs at him. <laughs> it's going to have to suffice. Uh, I was disappointed. Yeah. We never, we don't get this trope in this film. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. the soot on the face is going to have to suffice for flower on the face. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he, he mentions to Fritz that he really likes that Emily speaks her mind. Yeah. So. He, he likes a sassy guy. woman. He does. Yeah. Um, the next day, Tilson wants to see her first thing in the morning. And she's like, it's Tuesday. It's jam and croissant day. Which, um, first of all, you can you could you have told her that on Monday? Right. That would have yeah. been nice. Yeah. Um, rather than like breakfast is in five minutes. And she's like, I don't know what we're going to do about this. And Tilson's like, don't care your problem. So Emily goes into town. She finds a donut place. It's like the closest thing. The donut place doesn't make croissants, but the baker recognizes her also another black business owner. Yes. Um, recognizes her, loved her book. So she's like, when you put in your next batch of donuts, can you just like twist them around like they're croissants? And the baker is like, Yes. So I would have liked to see Henry's reaction to that, but we don't see it. Yeah, because it's basically a donut and a croissant. The only difference is the shape. Right. They're the same thing. Yeah. Um, so she goes to the little general store. And while she's there, she sees Henry, but he doesn't see her. And he is talking to a contractor to schedule some work to be done. And the contractor is talking about like, okay, but it's going to be this much money for materials. And then there's a rush fee because we're super busy and we have to put you to the front of the line and you want it done so fast and blah, blah, blah. So Emily goes over there and she's like, she basically calls him out. She's like, your hands aren't callous. You haven't been working. Your boots are fine. You haven't been putting in a, a roof, blah, blah, blah. Um, Emily is but- like, she turned into monk or like psych, <laughs> you know? <laughs> she, did. she saw everything. Yeah. So the, um, the dude waves the rush fee and gives her a contractor's discount on all the materials instead of charging her retail. Um, and uh, Henry thinks that this was like such an 
amazing performance. He's so impressed with Emily. And she's like, well, somebody has to help the naive newcomer. And he is aghast. He's, excuse me? Naive? But he almost, uh, yeah, he almost did get taken by that contractor who was like, yeah. oh, uh, I just have so much to do. We fixed that roof the other day and we're laying a driveway tomorrow. Yeah. Got a lot going mm -hmm. on. You're a liar, sir. <laughs> um, and it turns out she knows all this because she used to be an accountant at a construction firm. So at least they do kind of explain <laughs> why yes. she went full, full monk at that. I thought um, they were going to be like, oh, I used to write my mysteries. Like, I thought she was going to Angela Lansbury it, you know? Ooh, yeah, that would have been fun too. Or Aurora Tea Garden to be Aurora more topical. Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, he got her a new notebook to apologize for the other one getting burned, which was very sweet. Yeah. But then they're outside the store, and who should they see across the street but Nigel, a Concordian paparazzo, so they hide. Yes, the, the Concordian paparazzi is uh, infamous for yeah. just being uh, very intrusive to celebrity, to celebrities, following them around. I mean, the Concordian paparazzi is vicious. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so they hide in a little diner and grab some brunch. So I don't know what's going to happen to the cronuts. <laughs> um, but he, so he explains why he's there to sell the house personally. He really, he just loves it. And he wants to see it one more time. He wants to make sure that it's going to someone that will love it like he does. Um, and he explains that his uncle who built it actually abdicated, um, which is how his father came to be on the throne. But now his father is retiring because the rule in Concordia is when you hit 70, you have to retire. So there's always like young energetic mm -hmm. monarchy. Mm -hmm. Um and actually the the um someone acceding to the throne while their parents are still alive is also definitely a trope. I don't know if, I don't know if you call it. It's maybe a sub trope. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's interesting. Yeah, a sub trope of the of the royal genre. Right, because yeah. they're never they always know that they're about to become king because the person's stepping down. It's never and sometimes it's like, oh, my father died a year ago and my mother has been, you know, queening the whole time but now it's time yeah. to actually crown on and it's going to be me you're right you're right so, and it's because we can't be too close to death in the christmas no. universe we can mm -hmm. we can mention it it could be something that happened a while ago but far enough away that people have had time to heal from it so the emotion isn't too raw you don't yeah. want to be ever too close to a dark event in mm -hmm. The Christmas universe, which is why we had such a huge issue with the kidnapping in the Royal Nanny episode. <laughs> it was so like, what? Yeah, no, that doesn't happen. No, no, well, that's a good, uh, very, that's a very perceptive uh, um, note there, Amelia. You're right. You're absolutely right. I don't think I've ever, we've I've never seen something where the royal character has had to be coronated because something has happened there's yeah. been a death and now it's their turn you're right yeah doesn't happen uh the next morning emily and henry make a deal that if she will help him do stuff around the house to get ready to sell all morning um she can have the afternoon all to herself to write so she starts with him cataloging things in the house because they're going to get rid of pretty much everything mm -hmm. and she founds these beautiful carvings that do not look like something that you would find in every gift shop in the mountains. Right, and definitely not 
Definitely not at all. And she loves them, but he cannot remember the artist, so she can't catalog them properly. Mm. A real mystery. They need to go to um, Antiques Roadshow. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what they should do. Yeah. This um, is worth $80 million. <laughs> yes. Uh, she finds a telescope that clearly he and his uncle had a connection to from his childhood. You could tell they spent a lot of time using the telescope, but he doesn't want it. She finds hockey equipment. He's like, just get rid of everything. And she's like, you know what, though? We have a responsibility to make sure that this stuff still works. Mm -hmm. So they go outside and play. Well, I mean, they say that they're called playing hockey, but they're just in their shoes. <laughs> yeah. Like, at first, I was like, please tell me that they're like their backyard rink has been taken care of this whole time because those are a lot of work. Yeah. As a backyard rink kid, those are a lot of work. We used to, up in Canada, we used to just, um, there was a divot in the driveway. Not even mm -hmm. a divot, just a dip. Because, you know, all the yeah. trucks running over it after what wasn't even anyways. <laughs> you could fill it to a certain extent. So when it started to get cold, we would just go run the hose over it uh, at <laughs> night. And we had a skating rink in the driveway until it yeah. and now melted really quickly because it was so shallow that, yeah. <laughs> you know that as soon yeah. as it warmed up the pavement warmed up but yeah we would just do we would just basically freeze down the driveway and then put our skates on and go nice. out the driveway i thought maybe it was going to be something like that you know but it, yeah. it wasn't even that yeah well, we had we had a little backyard rink but it was like it took work so my brothers both played hockey and some of the other hockey parents would come over oh, and there was cool. like like plastic sheeting down so and then like um shoe goo oh that's it, awesome like, it would rig up lights so we could play after dark that sounds fun. so fun i love that I thought maybe they did something like that but no, no. just running around outside yeah <laughs> um they and then they have um a moment that was almost a trope yeah she falls in the snow he puts his hand down to help her but then and i thought she was gonna pull him down but he just tripped they're both laying in the snow laughing yeah it's and so Tilson funny is like this is the worst, most horrifying thing I've ever seen. What is the prince doing? He's having fun. He's laughing with a has, commoner. Yeah, he has a schedule. And Fritz is like. No, he doesn't, Amelia. He has a schedule. A schedule. <laughs> yes. so, they they so, use that word so many times. The schedule. schedule. Um, Fritz really likes Emily. And he's like, so he's having his exercise right now instead of fencing later. It's fine. Calm down, Tilson. Um <laughs> Let's see. At nighttime, he's going over the treaty draft. You know, he's working. But she sees online about Beatrix. Mm. And she is the princess from the next kingdom, which I think is Arcadia, where they're trying to do this treaty. Yes, I think um, you're right. Yeah. And so she's she's talking to Becca about it. And she's like, you know. Oh, no, wait. I'm sorry. She's not. She's talking to Henry about it the next morning. Um, and he's like, we're not together anymore. That's it's, we just, we dated for a little while. It's fine. She starts talking about how she was with this guy, Michael for a long time, but they were both writers. And when her book sold and she got really successful, he got jealous and it just didn't work out. Um, mm -hmm. but the big news of this conversation is that her writer's block is gone and she's written a whole first chapter. It's amazing. Yeah. And we didn't have to even go through the writing, you know, another writing montage of her just yeah. randomly balling up pieces of paper and throwing them. Yeah, it was just done. Um, and he offers to read it and she's really nervous about it, which I get. I'm yes. sure Kira is the same way. It is really hard to let somebody else read it, but yeah. you kind of have to do that if you want someone to pay you for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So he offers to read it and she gives it to him and they say their good nights. In the morning, he has made his own tea like an adult grown man. It's crazy. It's like um, in the Lindsay Lohan movie when she finally learned how to flip the pancakes. It's like mm -hmm. it just really just took one good conversation. Exactly. I wish it was that easy for I can't cook at all. I mean, I can cook. I can sustain life. Um, but I can't like make delicious things. And, uh, I wish it were that easy just to have a deep conversation with my husband and the next day be able to put out a gourmet okay. meal. But I can make my own tea though. I do know how to do that. There you go. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Um, and Henry is proud of Emily cause he loved the book and, but she's like, but I don't know what comes next. And he goes, well, just indulge me. And she says, does anyone ever do otherwise? <laughs> Which, oh, funny. <laughs> she always line. speaks her mind. Yep. Then they play this little snowball game, which I actually thought was a really good idea. I feel like this would actually help shake some stuff loose. <laughs> yes. So they grab a snowball and you have to hold the snowball while you tell the next part of the story. So like he says, like once upon a time and hands a turn. She's like, there was a prince and hands it back to him. So you have to think of something really quickly because it's really, it's cold in your hand and you want to get rid of it. I thought um, it was clever. Yeah, I thought it was cute and actually sort of, um, I think that would actually help. I did but too. Then, I was like, I'm going to remember that. I know. So then she throws a snowball at him, which is like an homage to a snowball fight, but not really a snowball fight. Um, so he's like, okay, you got some ideas. Now just go upstairs, go right, leave, you know, you don't have to worry about me for the rest of the day. And we just see her sitting on her bed with her laptop writing and giggling because she's so happy that she's writing. Again. She's doing it. The words are flowing. It's coming. This book is it's, going to be written. Happening. It is happening. Um, that night, though, she hears this weird tapping sound and she goes outside and he is sculpting. He was the one who made the sculptures that definitely don't look like they came from every tourist store. That's right. He was he was carving the sculpture, the, the generic bear sculptures. I definitely did not see that coming. No, um, I actually did, didn't see it coming. Really? No, I didn't. <laughs> oh. when he said, I didn't know. When you made him. I was like, it was you. No, I didn't. Um, so he says he used to dream of living an artist's life. And oh, yeah. she thinks, she's like, why doesn't your sister Edwina take the throne? She is super capable. She seems like she actually wants the job. And like, you're not going to be happy as king. And he says, well, what's my happiness compared to the happiness of half a million people? So we got two things from that. First of all, we know the population of Concordia. Mm -hmm. So if we're ever on Jeopardy, we'll know. Half a million. Half a million. Um, also, we know that he has his priorities in order because his happiness compared to the rest of the kingdom. Um, and at this point, I was also thinking, listen, your uncle abdicated. If you abdicate, like the monarchy cannot handle this. It seems a bit unstable. I was thinking that we, as well. Yeah. We can't have an abdication in every single generation. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I've, I've even been thinking about that in our own presidential election because we are mm -hmm. pulling up on the very real possibility that this president is not going to uh, make it past one term. And so then that would be two one term presidents in a row. And mm -hmm. it feels so unstable, you know, like yeah, and that's how this is. <laughs> Right. And that's a big part of what royalty is for in the modern age is like a sense of stability. Exactly. It's like the politicians will change, but the royal family is the royal family. But like, if everybody's abdicating all the time. Right. Everybody, oh, oh everybody's following their dreams. What's next? You know, cats yeah. are going to lay down with dogs. It's like, I know, exactly. 
oh, Henry, you're right about this. Don't get talked out of it. Um, so Emily and Henry decide that the staff, um, that they, both the two of them and the staff need to have fun. This is the last visit to the Winter Palace, which is what his uncle always called it. Um, so they say good night, they're good nights and share a look, like a, a romantic, a gaze, if yes. you will. Mm -hmm. uh, in the morning, their plans have come to fruition. Tilson finds these staff itineraries. So he has canceled all of his meetings and has scheduled them for fun activities all day to be on vacation. And at this point, I need him to understand that signing someone up for a spin class right. is not vacation. <laughs> I would be so mad if my boss was like, just take the day off and enjoy yourself. I signed you up for spin class. This that is so Hollywood though. That is that to me, I was like, <laughs> that's a Hollywood version of relaxing is going. <laughs> to the gym and getting in a good sweat, you know? <laughs> I know? Well, but what's his name? Fritz didn't have to, he got to go to like, what did he go to do? I don't remember. I think, a I think a woman wrote the script. <laughs> he didn't have to exercise. Yeah, no, he got um, to go skiing. Yeah. He got to go up there in the, you know, with the ski bunnies up there. Yeah. Yeah. He got to have fun. Did Paul Revere really say the British are coming? And how was George Washington chosen to lead the first American army? Join us for the Growing Patriot Podcast, a place for curious kids to ask the big questions about our nation's history and get kid-friendly answers from the country's top experts. Help your child learn about and cherish America's exceptional history. Subscribe to Growing Patriots on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts today. So Emily wants to know what Henry's vacation is going to be. And he's like, well, I just am going to do errands for the contractor and, you know, just kind of keep working on the house. So she decides to go with him and they make a day of it. Mm -hmm. um, her writer's block is gone. It is just gone. It's flowing. Yep. Everything's good. When she has, she talks to Henry about like maybe loosening up a little and he does this dance to show her how fun he is. <laughs> and I hope he never does it again. <laughs> And I know that it was supposed to be awkward because he's supposed to be like a really, you know, tightly wound guy. Yes. And Neil Bledsoe seems like never met him in real life, but he seems like a very tall man. Like he's got very long mm -hmm. legs. And so he seems just very gangly anyway. So he doesn't seem like the kind of man that should be moving his body in <laughs> ways like that. <laughs> Please don't do that in public ever again. <laughs> um and he talks about how she is just different than the other people he knows because he said that all of his friends want something from him, but she is different. I know, but then it's like, are those are those friends? No, I think what he meant to say was, I don't have any. Right. Friends. <laughs> it was like all of my friends want something from me, and I was like, I don't know if that's the definition of friends. Then no, I don't no, think you have friends. friends. Right. Um, also, Neil Bledsoe is six foot three. You are right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can say it's in the legs. Okay. Yep. Um, the, oh, but be careful because Nigel the paparazzo is across the street again. Lurking around, doing nothing, doing, doing nothing, nothing but just standing on the street corner in the small town in the middle of winter. Yeah. With a camera, not looking suspicious at all. A grown man with a camera in his hand standing in one single place for days on end. Yeah. Just looking around. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they decide that they need to run away and he's like, well, let's hold hands because it's cold. 
so they hold sure. hands and run away. <laughs> Which seems like um like something like a guy in like junior high would be like <laughs> if it's cold, you know, we could like hold hands. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, okay, well, let's go <laughs> I for it, I guess. <laughs> um, so Tilson was apparently angry about spin class. I don't blame her. So she yeah. calls the king yeah. and is like, we need to get this thing sold. And he is dragging his feet and there's this woman. I don't know what's going on, King William. And King William isn't happy about it at all. No, she was being a total snitch. Um, she is. But I guess that's maybe part of her job. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. You notice, though, when she came out of her spa day spin slash spin class, she had her hair down. She's loosening up, too. Um, back at the house, the contractor is showing Henry stuff that needs to be fixed. They're going over, you know, the, the list. And this potential buyer shows up, even though the house isn't going on the market for two days. Mm -hmm. And Henry's like, well listen, reschedule my meeting with the prime minister because I need to get to know this person because I can't sell my house to someone who's not going to love it as much as I do. Mm -hmm. And this guy, he wants to remodel the house, Kira. What? He wants to buy a house that was built 80 years ago and then remodel it? Mm -hmm. What? He wanted mm -hmm. to knock out walls? Excuse mm -hmm. you? He wanted to cover up windows, which was a little weird. Well, but. he wanted to put in a theater, a home theater. I know. I He's know. not seeing that. So. He wasn't seeing that he was going to cover up every window. <laughs> he was going to put a home theater in his modern cabin. He was. He was. Um, so Henry and Emily start making up problems with the house. You know, the roof leaks and whatever. Bears. Problems with it. Yep. Bears. Yeah, the bears. So they're trying to, um, you know, talk him out of it. And he's like okay, whatever, this house isn't for me. See you around. And Henry's like, he just keeps saying he needs to find someone who loves it as much as he does. And mm -hmm. let me tell you, mm -hmm. this this is like a house that's been in your family for a couple generations. Nobody's going to love it as much as you do. My husband love it is the memories, you weirdo. My husband loves real estate shows like Selling LA or Selling Sunset or Million Dollar Listings. Like if it's if any real estate reality show that's out there, he watches it. And every single time you there is an owner who's oh, oh this was my my husband's and I bought this house, mm -hmm. you know, when we were 20 and we first got married and he passed away five years ago. And right. but I don't want to sell this for less than, you know, 80,000 bajillion dollars, you know, um, yeah. because it means so much to me and the next person has to love it. And always inevitably there is like a conversation between the real estate agent and the person the agent telling them it's never you're never gonna find that person this right. house is special to you because of the memories not because of the property or what the house is like you right. need to let that go <laughs> you're just that person doesn't really exist i suppose it happens yeah. every now and then you know yeah. where you find somebody who's like oh this is a young couple and they have like a really sweet vision for the property but mostly it's like yeah. no this is just property your memories are what makes it right and someone needs to have that conversation with henry yeah um who at the moment is trying to do electrical work because he had a dream that he could right. <laughs> <laughs> it goes about as well as expected and he shorts out the entire house there's no power um so they have a candlelit dinner and they all, they're, the four of them are sitting around the table because he eats with his staff, mm -hmm. obviously, like a, like a modern well, man of the people. And 
and Fritz goes, this is romantic. And <laughs> Henry and Emily have this like sappy look about romance. While, but, while they're sitting with the staff at the table. While they're sitting with the staff. Um, then we find out that Fritz has a date. He met somebody out on his vacation day. Mm-hmm. He's got a date. With the ski instructor. Go mm-hmm. ahead, Fritz. Okay. It's yeah. that Concordian accent. It gets it ladies every time. Yep. Um, Henry and Emily decide to go check out the stars, look at the telescope, look through the telescope. Um, Tilson is worried. She's talking to Fritz about how he has lost his focus. And Fritz is like, he smiles now. Like, isn't that worth anything to you, Harpy? And she's like, not really. <laughs> no, no, it's not my job for to yeah, make I'm him happy, not. to see him be happy. It's my right. job to make sure that he completes the traditional transfer of power to keep the stability of our nation. They're engaged in trade negotiations with Arcadia that could yeah. boost tech trade 20% by mm-hmm. 20%, Amelia. I mean, I don't know a lot about trade, but I know that is a lot. One deal that can affect 20%. A lot of percents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Yeah. It's a big deal. He needs to keep his eye on the prize here. Um, so they're outside looking at the constellations and he points out Regulus and Random Amelia Hamilton fun fact in college, my dorm was St. Regulus Hall, so I appreciated that. Oh, very nice, interesting. Now, now everyone knows what a nice uh connection. I'm sure, I'm sure everyone's gonna write that down. Yeah, immediately. <laughs> um, and so what did they like, say Regulus meant? They said it meant it meant something in Latin. Well, I don't remember because the Regulus that. I mean, I know for my dorm, it was just named after St. Regulus, who was the guy who brought the relics of St. Andrews to Scotland. Okay. All right. But I, I can't remember what this Regulus was. But I think it was in Leo. And I'm a Leo. So I really feel like that scene was for me. I'm a Leo, too. Oh, my gosh. I'm Leo. Yeah, answer. I'm, 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 we're already married, so I get the <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I'll be your Tilson, where I just look scoldingly uh, <laughs> yeah. at you the whole time. Oh, why won't you be my black best friend with no interests outside of me? <laughs> that's, that's true. I can do that because <laughs> I really don't need to have any. I'm already married, so I don't need. That's true. Yeah. Well, you we can figure out your role. All right. You all know, right. We'll, we'll negotiate later. Okay. Very good. <laughs> um, she is saying this book is writing itself, but I accept the ending. I cannot figure out the ending. And he gives her the Shakespeare line, journeys end at lover's meeting. And she is like, oh, my goodness. There's someone else who knows a really famous quote from Shakespeare. What are the odds? What are, what are the odds? So they have a look like he gives, he has a little bit of a lean, like a kiss might happen. And she breaks the moment and she's like, listen, we are both leaving here in three days. Yeah. That's not like, enough time to fall in love and plan the no. rest of your life together. That's not nearly no. enough she's time. Like, she's like, there's no point in us making out right now under the stars because mm-hmm. We're going to get feelings for each other and then we have to leave and it's just silly. And yeah. he is still like, and then he starts being like, well, maybe I don't have to go back then. And she tells him that he needs to write his own story. I mean, okay. Again, just going back to bad advice in the Christmas universe. I get that. And she has to say that, but, and you know, to a certain extent, mm-hmm. I get that, but uh, we are talking about hundred. I'm going to assume hundreds of years of royal tradition. They've are, as you pointed out so rightly, they've already had a king abdicate the throne. 
I mean, look at what we're having to witness happen in the UK right now with he wasn't even in line for the throne, you know, in next in line for the throne and and him leaving has caused so much chaos. So I don't know. I I just think like he does have responsibilities to consider that is the downside of being born into immense wealth and fame. With great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, you don't get to have it all is what I'm saying. But I guess in Christmas Lane, mm-hmm. you do. I, apparently you do. Yeah. Um, Tilson, meanwhile, is spying on them like a total creep. She's just like peeking out the curtains, being a weirdo watching Snitch. them. So she talks to the king and the king is like, we need to take some stronger measures here. So we're going to have to wait to see what those could possibly be. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile. Oh, go ahead. No, oh, I was just, okay. go ahead. Fritz and Henry are having a conversation because Henry is at a real crossroads and he doesn't know what he's going to do. And Fritz pretty much encourages him to abdicate, which isn't bad advice. Especially because his uncle just abdicated. Yeah. Again, I just, you're, you're, you're looking at throwing an entire nation into chaos. Why don't you just get rid of the Royal family altogether then if it's going to be this easy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Henry is now with Emily next scene and they are leaving. They're headed to the grocery store because he wants to make dinner for the staff and he's never cooked before, but he wants to make beef Wellington, which is like <laughs> one of the hardest things possibly to make. Yes. And, make good. and so she's like, how about if we make apple or um, fajitas? fajitas. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, that's probably a better idea. Um, but the grocery store had Concordian apples, which again, in my ignorance, did not know that that was a major crop in Concordia. Yeah. A lot of people don't know, but Concordia Mm -hmm. is very well known for their apple crops. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, it's a long story behind it. I won't bore everyone with Concordian, um, history, but apples are very important. And a lot of people don't know, but Colorado is a major importer of Concordian apples so yeah 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 it was one of the it was one of the exports that he was talking about in the uh, trade agreement he was actually talking about agriculture agriculture going up 18 uh 13 percent which again is a huge for for foreign trade for any one deal to make your trade you know numbers go up by 13 percent is uh it's a Arcadia lot. must be a significant importer. <laughs> I, yeah, I think so. So yes. Anyway, Concordian apples. Yes, they're they're very delicious. I highly um, recommend them if you can find them. If you can find them, but good luck. Yep. Um, so he <laughs> takes a bite. He's all excited, and he gives um, Emily a bite. And as she's like, as they're like laughing and biting on an mm-hmm. apple and whatever, Nigel takes a picture of Concordian paparazzi. paparazzi. We've been spotted. They have been spotted and of course the pictures look like they're being very intimate because the picture only captures a second you know right and then uh yeah so it yeah. looks scandalous but they and they do not know that this picture has been taken it is a total surprise um at dinner it's absolutely terrible the servants hate it it's pretty much inedible but they all appreciate the henry tried so there's that after dinner though emily and henry go outside and he says that she's made him realize what he's been missing. And she's like, listen, I wrote you this letter for you to read when you get back to Concordia. And he's like, well, maybe I don't want to go back to Concordia. Oh, Lord. And at this moment, 
they almost kiss. And for Christmas Land, this was about as close as I've seen lips come. It was. It was. I thought we were in for it. Yes. I know. They got really close. And then King William shows up. Yeah. And as we learned from Prince in Paradise, when the when the parent shows up, you're in trouble. Well, and then he shows up. He's just standing there. And what he <laughs> says is, oh, it looks like I've arrived just in time. And I was like, yes, you have. That kiss almost happens. Like, your the timing is impeccable. Is so good. Yeah. This is the best Concordian accent I think I've ever heard. <laughs> so good. Spot thank on. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. I mean, that was, it, it was the closest almost kiss I have ever seen. Yeah, it was very razor thin. <laughs> so he tells uh, Henry, so Emily goes inside. He tells Henry that they need to get the crown on his head and he needs to just start doing his job. So they're going to move the coronation to the Winter Palace, which seems strange. Um, and there's going to do it like in the next couple of days, they're going to do it like now. Well, cause he just wants to get it over with. He doesn't want to give his son any more chances yeah. to back out. He's like, we'll move it here to the U S if we have to. Yeah. Um, Emily is on another video call with Becca telling her what just happened. And Becca is like, listen, I didn't know how to tell you this, but there's been a lot of tabloid coverage of your Apple situation. Mm-hmm. And also with that comes the fact that he is still engaged to Beatrix. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows it. It's in every paper. In every Concordian newspaper. Every yeah. Concordian and all the Western outlets have picked it up to all the North American outlets. It's probably have picked in Dumois du- right now. Right, right. TMZ is, is on their way up to the Winter Palace. They are. Yeah. Everybody knows. So Emily is like, I I'm, I didn't know I was the other woman here. That's just horrifying. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. So she bails. And as she's leaving, um, the king comes after her. And he knew, like, you know, all about what was going on this whole time. And she says, you know, that she knows about Beatrix now. And the king doesn't say anything. It's mm-hmm. super awkward. And he says, you know, Concordia must have its king. And she says, I just hope it's a happy one. Because as we know, his personal happiness is more important than the stability of the country. Right. <laughs> right. Right. They, she's clearly not studied royal <laughs> history at all. Happiness is the last thing. That, <laughs> <laughs> the last yes. Thing. Is, is on the schedule. And here we have another trope, right? Situation that could probably be pretty cleared up pretty quick if she just went and asked the prince himself about the situation. Yep. yep absolutely. Um, Fritz comes to say goodbye and he gets her these origami flowers because that was uh, the origami class was the other part of his day out skiing Mm -hmm. and origami. And he says something about his new girlfriend. So that moved fast. You know, some guys in 2023, people want to get in what they call situationships these days where like you're kind of dating, but you're not official. He locked it down in one day. Good for you. It's Christmas. It's, it's the Christmas universe. There's no situational relationships there. (laughs) It is like, those don't last long. Um, They certainly don't last through a Christmas. Um, And no, it's, it's commitment. People in Chris in the Christmas universe value commitment. And, you know, that's one thing that we really like about it. And, I mean, come on, Amelia. She met a guy from Concordia who works for the royal family. And he's inviting her to Concordia for Mm -hmm. the summer. Like, yeah, obviously she's going. 
yeah, she's going to go. Yeah. And she even gives Tulson a little hug, even though they never, you know, totally saw eye to eye. Mm -hmm. You know, they're kind of friends. Speaking of friends, back in Boulder, she's hanging out with Becca. Um, she has submitted her complete manuscript and she thanks Becca for a beautiful adventure. Mm -hmm. But up on the mountain, Henry is upset. He won't smile. And the king is like, look, I actually liked her too. She's not what I expected. Yeah. I kind of liked her. And he says, what I thought we had was a fiction because she just left. She doesn't know what to think about that. Mm -hmm. I, I actually liked that line. <laughs> it was a good line. Yeah, it was a good line. Not the, what I thought we had was a fiction. And, um, oh, I do want to say, I don't think you mentioned this, but they're going to hold the coronation ceremony in the chapel that is on mm -hmm. the property. Yeah. And um, I loved, A, that there's a chapel on the property, mm -hmm. um, which means, you know, that their family is committed to faith and religious values, like a lot of royal families, right? They continue the religious oh. values of the kingdom. But also I thought mm, this is, you know, sort of like having a guest house on your property. Oh, true. I guess true. it's like a guest house for God. They have outbuildings. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> outbuildings, there we go. Yes. Um, so he, let's see. Oh, then the king... Now let's Henry know that he, that when Emily left, she said something about Beatrix and he's like, I didn't clear up the misunderstanding. Right. And Henry's like, well, what, like, it doesn't even really matter at this point because I'm going to be king. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go home, whatever. Um, she, he opens a note from Emily and it says a note for a king. And then it's that Da Vinci quote about how there's always a sculpture already inside the marble. You just have to let it out. Mm -hmm. However that goes. That was their theme. And he is which they had kind of mentioned before mm -hmm. um, when he was doing his bear sculptures or eagle sculptures or whatever. Um, Edwina is also here. The whole family is in, is here for the coronation. And what they're going to do is have Henry sign over the house to the Concordian embassy so that it is technically Concordian soil because you have to be crowned on Concordian soil. And after the coronation, the embassy will take care of just selling it. Okay. Yeah, uh, it was a long way to go to get there, but all right, I'll buy it. Yeah, whatever. I accept it. Um, Emily is telling Becca that she's ready to start her next book. She just wants to keep writing. She doesn't want to, you know, be alone with her thoughts. But, but she left her idea book behind at the chalet. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Because <laughs> where, where am I going to write down my ideas? Where am I going to write down my ideas? Where am I going to find my ideas to start writing? I remember literally none of them. What am I going to do? And, but Becca has a solution. She's like, you know, I heard that the Concordian coronation is happening today. So they must've already gone back to Concordia. It's safe for you to go to the house. You have a key, go get your book. Whew. Thank goodness. Mm. Okay. Meanwhile, back on the mountain. Um, oh, so she, sorry. So she heads up to the mountain. She arrives and there's these dignitaries walking to the chapel is kind of, ignore her mm -hmm. and so she follows these dignitaries into the chapel where the coronation is already happening so these people were apparently late <laughs> yeah and they don't wait this is another concordian tradition uh, they do not hold uh events late at all they do not hold them for dignitaries uh, um timeliness yeah timeliness is a concordia a concordian tradition yeah. Value. Well, there you go. Like honor, um, like honor in Japan is like a a very cultural yeah. tradition or yeah, like, uh, right. Like, uh, you know, French fries is a very cultural tradition here in America. <laughs> Timeliness is a cultural Concordian tradition. 
Concordian scheduling. <laughs> important. Um, so it is also being televised or, I mean, I guess it could be video recorded. There's a cameraman, let's just say. And I don't know if you noticed this, but the cameraman was 100% Rasputin. No, I didn't notice. <laughs> I was like, this is a, you can't let him in. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't notice. I'll have to go back and look at that one. You have to go back and look because he was 100% rescued. Hilarious. Um, he gets ready to accept the crown. The, his father gives his speech, stepping down, goes to give it to Henry. And Henry gives a speech abdicating. Um, we show Edwina. Because he's going to get, you know, give the crown to his sister, Edwina. Mm -hmm. um, clearly, she is shocked. And I feel like he should have had a conversation with her to make sure that right. she wasn't also secretly in love with somebody back in Concordia. And like, thank goodness, I don't have to take the throne. But she's happy because this is Christmas land. And I would just like to propose that from now on, we call her Edquina. Edquina. I love it. I think that's great for Concord the Concordia tabloids. Get that to yeah. the Concordia tabloids now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Tilson sees Emily and tells Henry, go to her. So Henry runs to the back of the room where she's hiding behind a flag because she didn't want him to see her. Um, and he tells her, you and this place are all I've ever wanted. And they kiss. The end. The end. And then Concordia falls into chaos. And, <laughs> and uh, the trade deal isn't closed because Edwina doesn't know anything about foreign trade. Um or anything yeah. about the deals that she's that he right. has already made. Know about this. Yeah. No, I I long for Amelia, and I feel like you and I someday need to like have a girls' weekend, go go meet somewhere, and write this crossover kingdom script. Where mm -hmm. because I was like, you know what would have been cool is if he was making the trade deal with Tarovia, you know. Yeah, some goat wool for some apples. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like exactly. Like well, I did want to ask you, since we're both writers, what do you do when you have writer's block? What's your go-to cure for writer's block? Um, I guess it depends. Like, I mean, if it's something for work and I just have to power through it, mm -hmm. I just come up with some words and then hopefully I have time to revisit those words and polish them up later. Um, but... I prefer just to like, I like to do something either outside, just take my dog dog for a walk, even for like 20 minutes and just kind of think about something else, um, do something creative, crochet and, you know, embroider are a couple mm. of things I like to do, but I feel like I need to just take my mind off of it or I'm never going to have an idea. I can't just sit and think about it or nothing will happen. I'll get no ideas that way. What about you? I'm the same with you for work. If it's writing for work um, and I don't feel inspired, I do. I just power through. I'll just I'll just write. Sometimes I'll start in the middle, right? Like if I'm like, oh, I know where I want to be in the middle of this. Well, I'll just start there yeah. and then I can back up and write a beginning and you can go back and edit. And I don't judge myself. I just let it sound as stupid. Uh, you know, <laughs> whatever is coming out that goes on the page and then I can go back and edit it. Um, but when it comes to creative writing, um, I use writing prompts. I find that um, oh. I find that that's helpful. I I will. There's a couple of subreddit communities that are just writing yeah. prompts, and then you can find you know, or you can just search writing prompts on the internet, and then I will make myself write 200 words on a writing prompt that won't have anything to do with what I'm doing. But I find yeah. that it knocks loose the creative juices yeah 
I like it. Yeah, but maybe someday we'll get to, you know, Stacia will send us up to the mountains to take <laughs> care of a, a, a chalet, a private chalet. And, and yeah. we can see if that works for Karen. We'll write a whole book in a weekend. Yeah, like you do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, well, I enjoyed this movie. Didn't have the tropes that I I prefer to see in movies like this. And that would be my only um, criticism of the movie. I think that Neil Bledsoe yeah. and Danica McKellar are a really great Christmas universe couple. And I'm sad that we won't get to see them anymore. Absolutely. I agree. It's, I agree. It's we clear. Wish Neil, we wish Neil all the best. We do. But we are sad he won't be. Yeah. It's clear to me they enjoy working together and they work together well. So, yeah, um, Neil, if you want to come back, if you want to come home, your fans are here. We we will welcome you home with open arms. We've always loved everything you do. Uh, I, I, yeah, I enjoyed this movie. I enjoy a really good uh, Christmas Prince movie. And if you enjoyed it or you have some criticisms or suggestions for uh, um, curing writer's block, uh, tap us on social media. Give out our information, Miss Amelia. We are a very merry podcast on Instagram and Facebook, a very merry pod on Twitter, and you can email us at a very merry podcast at Gmail. All right, Amelia. Well, until we meet again, I wish you days filled with sculptures that are definitely not from the local gas station. I wish you the best ideas that are not on fire. Thanks, Amelia. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Merry Christmas. This has been a presentation of the FCB Podcast Network, where real talk lives. Visit us online at fcbpodcasts.com.